0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Today, I'm excited to read and share with you some of my thoughts on another chapter of the Bible. If you haven't yet, please visit my website at livingchristian.org. There you'll find Bible verse lists, Christian blogs, and a whole lot more. Be sure to check out the apparel store and use the exclusive code PODCAST20 to get 20% off your entire order. So whether you're a long-time follower or a brand-new listener, I hope you find something valuable in this video. If you do, I appreciate a rating and review right here on the podcast page. It helps me get the word out. All right, let's get going on the new episode. All right, uh, thanks for joining me for the last uh, episode of our Easter series. So whether you're watching this live on Instagram or whether you're listening to it on the podcast afterwards or on YouTube, thank you for joining me and taking this journey through Mark, through Mark 12, through Mark 16. And uh, if you've missed any one of these episodes, please go back. And uh, Take a listen to it or take a watch on it on YouTube uh, and kind of catch up But this is what has gone on up to this point. Jesus marched into Jerusalem Uh, He has been had the Last Supper Uh, Judas has betrayed him. Peter has denied him three times. He was crucified uh, And died and was buried and today we are talking about what happens at the resurrection in Mark 16 so in reality uh, this is uh, we could have done this uh, show on Easter Sunday, uh, but obviously we wanted to do it. Uh, I wanted to do it afterwards because I had a had a busy day on Easter. So hopefully everybody watching or listening to this had a wonderful uh, Easter weekend and uh, Resurrection Sunday. So let's dive into the meaning and talk about what Mark 16 is going to discuss, which is the resurrection. So we're a day late and a dollar short, but this is okay. We're going to talk about it afterwards because we want to continue to um, you know focus on Jesus. All year long. So it's okay to talk about uh, the resurrection on the day after the resurrection. It's cool. Uh, so all right, get your Bibles. Uh, Mark 16. Read along if you'd like to. If you don't uh, have your Bible, just listen to me. And if you want to watch this, feel free. All right, Let's dive into Mark uh, 16 and then we'll talk about it. As a reminder, we'll answer some questions after I get re- done reading this chapter. All right. Resurrection. Saturday evening. Uh, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene married the mother of James and Salome went out to, and purchased burial spices so they can anoint Jesus' body, which is very normal in that time, how they preserve the body. Uh, verse 2. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone uh, from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which was very large and had already been rolled aside. Think about uh, what these ladies are going through. They had just watched... Uh, their their savior, uh, their preacher, their teacher, um, be crucified just a few days beforehand. So they decided to go help preserve the body because that's what they did back then. We didn't have embalming and all that jazz back in the day. Uh, so they walked, walked over to the tomb and trying to discuss who's going to roll this giant stone away, and all of a sudden it's gone. I wonder what was happening in their mind um, at that time. In my mind, I probably would have thought That uh, maybe somebody had stolen the body. We had some grave robbers type of scenario. uh, And maybe that's what they thought at the beginning. But they get there, stunned. It's already crazy. The stone is moved away. Verse 5. When they enter the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. Very specific there. And we're going to talk about that. The women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. All right, so the s- specifics that we're talking about here in Mark are interesting to me. All right, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robe who was an angel. It's interesting how the angel uh, projected himself as a young man. I don't know whether that's to, to comfort the, you know, Mary and Mary, uh, to comfort them. Uh, or, or what? But it's interesting how he is referenced as a young man. I always wonder what we're going to be like in heaven, um, which is interesting uh, how we're going to look. And this is just like a, maybe a little microcosm of possibly what it looks like. So in this way, this angel is a young man uh, in a white robe. The women were shocked, it said, but the angel said, "Don't be don't be alarmed. You are always." looking for the Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Verse 7. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you uh, to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. Another interesting thing, how, how the angel references Peter. Right? So he, he's he appears as a young man, a human, dressed in white, inside the tomb, sitting there on the right side, which is, you know, they're specific on that. And he says, go tell his disciples, including Peter. Why do you think he referenced Peter? Which is interesting, right? Now, if you if you watch The Chosen, you know Simon Peter, and you know how they, they kind of portray him. He was obviously special to Jesus. He's the one that called out and said, "Hey, you're going to deny me three times." Uh, so obviously the angels know who Peter is and how special he is to Jesus, and how kind of set as the leader of the disciples, uh, as the one that will spread the news to all the disciples. Which is interesting. So I thought I felt like that angel calling out Peter, or really being specific to Peter, was an interesting thing to me. All right, and also reference the fact that Jesus told him that he would uh, that. Uh, they'll see him in Galilee just as he told them he would before he died. I don't know why the disciples continue, and they did this in the entire all the gospels about how, um, kind of their faith was always tested, but they also uh, were always doubting just a little bit. If you think about it, just in a couple of chapters that we've read in the last two weeks, the fact that none of the disciples really ever showed up for the crucifixion, it references. Mary and Mary, and so forth, but all all the disciples weren't there. they all scattered, they all were still struggling with their faith, they were all still struggling, even though they had seen so many miracles and been with Jesus for years, and they knew he was their saviour he knew he was they knew he was the messiah they had they struggled, right even this they told him, you will see him there just as he told you before he died. So they knew that Jesus was coming back and they knew to meet him in Galilee. Verse 8, the women fled uh, from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. And they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Can you imagine seeing an angel? You go to see a tomb, or you go to see Jesus to, you know, anoint his body, to preserve his body with the spices. You see an angel there. And then he tells you that Jesus is alive and to go talk to him and meet him in Galilee, just like he said he was going to be. Obviously, of course, they were going to be trembling and bewildered. We all would be. All right, so a lot of manuscripts, the original ones stop at verse 8. Uh, mine is a New Living Translation, which is, you know, most of them kind of continue on. So let's keep reading through uh, uh, verse 20. Then they briefly reported all this to Peter and his companions. Afterwards, Jesus himself sent out sent them out to east to west with the sacred and unfailing message of salvation that gives eternal life. Amen. All right, so the ladies went and told Peter what they had seen, and then afterwards Jesus himself sent them out. So it kind of paraphrases what's going to happen, you know, next. But Jesus sends them out for the salvation to tell them all about the good news. That's the short version. The longer version is this, starting in verse 9. After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, a woman from whom he had cast out... Seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. It talks about that, that faith issue that the disciples even had. And we, we talk about this all the time when we're reading the Gospels. How the disciples, although they were chosen by Jesus and followed him for years, they still struggled. They had this struggle, not necessarily believing, but keeping that faith, keeping that understanding, and keeping that top of mind. Does that sound familiar? I think we all struggle with that a little bit. I mean, heck, that's why I named my channel here Living Christian, because I, I, know I want to live Christian seven days a week. And the second Jesus is gone for three days, the disciples are didn't believe it. They couldn't believe that he was back alive. It's only been three days. All right, verse 12. Afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking in Jerusalem in the country. <clears throat> they rushed back to tell the others, but none of them believed him. Verse 14. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples that were eating together. It's it's funny that they make a note that there's only 11 now, not 12. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had see, uh, seen him after he had been raised from the dead. And then he told them, Go out to all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Okay, so who did he tell the disciples to preach to? To only the Jewish people? To only the people that believed in Jesus? Or does it say, go out to all of the world and preach the good news to everyone? Everyone needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Verse 15. Oh, I'm sorry, that's for 15. 16. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These are Jesus' words. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Now, it's not specific that it says baptized by the water or by the spirit. We can that's a whole nother podcast we can discuss on whether he's talking about being baptized by the water or by the spirit. But either way, you have to believe in Christ and be baptized in order to be saved. And if you refuse to believe in Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you will be condemned. Those are Jesus' words in verse 16. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages, which is interesting. <clears throat> they will be able to handle snakes with safety, and they will drink anything poisonous, It won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Verse 19. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. The disciples went out. Jesus ascended into heaven. Hallelujah. And the disciples went out and still performed miracles. Well, they didn't perform miracles. It said that miracle signs were there. The disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So they still had these abilities to do these miraculous signs. Obviously, it was God working through them, right? But they went out until, as we all know, read Acts, we'll go through that uh, that book at some point, uh, terrible things happened to these disciples. They were persecuted. They were all, all but a couple killed. Some, you know, Judas committed suicide for crying out loud. It wasn't an easy road. Them staying and sticking with their belief. It wasn't an easy road afterwards. What doing what God and what Jesus told them to do, which is preach the good news to everyone, go into all the world, and they did that. It was tough. It wasn't easy. I mean, Jesus himself many times says that this life for his followers are not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. The world has fallen. We are different. The disciples were different. They were charged by Jesus Christ to go out to the entire world and preach the good news and tell them that Jesus is the only way and what he did for them and the miracles that happen between Friday to Sunday. And they did it. And they all died because of it. Eventually. But they started the movement, they started the church, and they started the family of the kingdom that we are all in today. Amen to that. Alright, so that's Mark 16. Hopefully you guys like it. Uh it's pretty awesome. I love to read the gospels, they're my favorite. <clears throat> Obviously, Proverbs, and there's a bunch of good books that I love. I love James. Um, but uh, there's something about reading the Gospels, something about reading Matthew, Mark, Luke or, John, just reading about the life of Christ uh, and what happened to him on this earth. There's something about that that is just just so um, just fills your spirit. It just fills your spirit. All right. Uh, thanks for listening on Mark 16. let's uh, let's answer a few questions. So if you're live on Instagram, uh, put your question on the little question, Mark thing on the bottom. And then, we will, um, and then we will talk about it. So hopefully you guys listen to the words of Mark 16, and you believe in Christ, you're baptized, uh, obviously to ask us to repent of our sins in many places other, other way, other places, I'm sorry, it wasn't in Mark 16, but it is everywhere else. But keep reading, uh, keep reading the Gospels, okay? Let's answer a few questions, and we'll get out of here on our uh, Monday. This is a, kind of an easy, short uh, one. Alright, got a few questions here, and uh, while I'm reading one of these, keep reading. Isn't it the Orthodox Easter this week? I'm I uh, I'm not an Orthodox, but uh, I do know Passover is going on for the Jewish community, and Easter was the last three days. So I, I can't speak to the Orthodox Christians, because I'm not one. I'm not sure exactly how they, um, they celebrate the Easter. Alright, uh, I'm worried about the LGBT plus agenda, Coming for our children, how do I worry less and give it to God? Okay, so regardless of what's happening in this world, <clears throat> of the LGBT stuff or anything else, uh, this world is, um, is tough. Uh, the society is tough. This culture is tough uh, for our children. As parents, I have two myself, it is our job to protect them and raise them in a Christian way. We want them to know Jesus. That's the most important thing. So my answer to that uh, is this. Um. Make sure your kids have a relationship with Christ. Everything else in this world, whether it's what you're, you know the LGBTQ stuff or anything else that, that is coming after your your children in this world, um, will work itself out and be okay if they have a relationship with Christ. Period. That's that's that is your job. Our job is to protect them from the society in this world, absolutely. But how do you do that? You make sure they have a relationship with Christ. You make sure they know about Jesus. You make sure that they know that Jesus loves them. You make sure that they understand what's real in this world and what's not. Period. That's it. Bad things happen. The society comes after us. The society goes after our kids. It's tough. Social media is tough. Drugs and alcohol are tough. Schools, and it's, it's tough. We have school shootings. We have violence going on in the streets. We have stuff on our TV that we shouldn't be seeing. It's tough. And how do you change that? How do you protect ourselves, much less our children, from all of that mess? Jesus, that's it. That's it. Get, make sure that they have a relationship with Christ. Whether that's your children or your friends or your family, that is what we are supposed to be doing. Right, and goes back to what we just read in Mark 16. He, he uh, chartered the, the disciples to go out into the world, the entire world, and preach the good news. Tell them about what Jesus did. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how you protect your kids from whatever you're afraid of. Whatever you think, whatever you're afraid that is going to be impacting your children in a way that you don't want them to. The good news, Jesus Christ, will protect them. That's it. That's what you got to work on. All right, let's see what other questions we have. Um, What do you think would happen if it wasn't Adam and Eve who ate the apple in the tree? Well, I mean, we know what would have happened. Everything would have been good. Everything would have been good. They defied God, and we're still all paying the price for that. That's it. So you want to imagine what the world would be like if Adam and Eve didn't eat from the fruit of the tree. It didn't reference apple, actually, in the Bible. Uh, It says fruit. So what would have happened if they never have done that? We'll find out one day because we'll be in heaven. And that's what paradise is. Us with God, not separated from God. They separated themselves from God that the minute they ate the fruit. So one day, I can imagine, it. In, in my mind, what heaven is like is what would what would it would be. So, all right. Let's see what other questions uh, we have. Is, is listening to rap music bad as a Christian, Taylor? Or, depends on what rap music you're listening to. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. Uh, I uh, actually turned 50 next week. <clears throat> uh, I grew up on a lot of rap music back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. <clears throat> um, it depends on what rap music you're listening to. If, if you're, whether it's rap music, rock music, country music, any music, movies, any entertainment that you kind of partake in for yourself, if the, that entertainment source is pulling you away from Jesus, then you don't need to listen to it. Period. That's tough. I know. It's hard. You don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear about it. Surround yourself with things that pull you closer to Jesus. Do away with things that pull you away from Jesus. That's it. So it's not the style of music. There's good Christian rappers out there. It's the content of whatever that music that you like. Right? Whether it's movies, books, internet, social media... Strain yourself with things that pull you closer to Jesus, and if they don't, if they, if they pull you away from Jesus, cut it out of your life. All right, one more question, and we'll get out of here. Um, ooh, there's some good questions in here. How to not get angry when you see people and the world change the true meaning of something like Easter? That's a good question. It's funny. You know, I, I think about this uh, a, a lot. Actually, um, it seems that as Christians, uh, you know, our, our not all of our holidays, but our holidays that we like to partake in, uh, have kind of been hijacked by our by our society, right? <clears throat> and what happens is, uh, you know, we celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas time. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ at Easter, and uh, our society uh, tells us it's about Santa Claus or about the Easter Bunny. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's all it is. Did I, uh, you know, partake in Easter egg hunting when I was a kid? Of course. Did I do it with my kids? Yeah, I did. It's all part of it. But my family, we know the true meaning of Christmas. We know the true meaning of Easter. So your question was how to not get angry? Worry about yourself. Spread the good news as Jesus commanded. Tell people about him. Tell them about the gospel. And I don't get angry. I don't get angry when I see commercials on the TV with uh, you know, a rabbit, a bunny, and handing out uh, Cadbury eggs. You know, to be honest with you, you can flip that around and talk about how at least there's something going on that we're, we're celebrating the holiday. And if somebody, if there's a child out there or a teenager or an adult that doesn't know Christ, doesn't know the story of Easter, doesn't know the story of the resurrection, and goes to an egg drop, because they want to partake in some sort of Easter holiday festivities. And if they learn about Christ, maybe that's the caveat of something that they that, that changes their life into becoming a Christian. We don't know. Maybe God's using that. Maybe God's bringing attention to Christmas and to Easter because He wants people to know about Him. If we don't know that's the case. I don't think it's all... Demonic and this that pagan and I, I, I get that stuff all the time, right? I get those things all the time where how can you celebrate Christmas? How can you celebrate Easter? They're not real holidays. They're pagan holidays. I, I, I don't want to hear all that mess. I, I I know they're not in the Bible. I celebrate the birth of Christ. I celebrate the resurrection of Christ And if Jesus if God uses Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny to bring people to faith in some roundabout way then all more power to him obviously then we'll do whatever we have to do in order to get people to know who Jesus is, period. So don't get mad. Be thankful. I see a lot of Christians condemn their friends and family that maybe only go to to church on Christmas and Easter. How do you not know the one time they finally walk into church on Easter, and they haven't been there in four months, how do you not know that's the moment that changes their life, that they accept Christ? We don't know that. So pray for them. Instead of getting angry over things that you can't control, pray for people. Pray that God uses that Christmas celebration. Pray that God uses that egg hunt <laughs> pray that, or the egg drop that we do. Pray that people, uh, pray that God uses that to reach somebody. And so they can learn about the good news. They can learn about Jesus and accept him in their heart. That's it. Pray for them. Pray that God can use that. Because he can and he does. I promise you, if you go to an Easter service and that person's never been to church before and they're going because their friends want him, I promise you somebody on yesterday, on Easter Sunday, came to give their life to Jesus and they had never been to church before, but they went because it was Easter. Celebrate that. Don't get mad at it. All right? All right, let's say a quick prayer and then we'll go about our day and then we'll do more of these on Fridays and Mondays. So if you have questions I didn't get to, uh, keep hold of them and log on next time, and I'll, I'll try to get to as many as possible. Let's say a quick prayer for you, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you so much for the Resurrection Sunday, Lord. We're we're we're, we're so we're so humbled by what you did for us The last three days reading in Mark and other, other gospel books about the sacrifice that you did for us and what you did for those days in between and what you did for us on Resurrection Sunday, we can never repay you. But we love you so much. and We know that you love us because that's what you did for us. Today, Lord, I'm going to focus on doing what you commanded and told the disciples to do, which is go out to all the world and preach the good news. I want my friends, my family, my community, everybody I know to understand that they are loved by you. And it's not only about going to church once every once in a while. It's not only about hunting Easter eggs. <laughs> but this past week was all about you, saving them from their sins. All they need to do is believe and accept it. We're grateful for that opportunity that you give us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a wonderful week after uh, Holy Week. I uh, hope you guys have a, uh, a good week planned. Uh, we'll see each other on Friday. Uh, we'll start a new uh, book of the Bible. All right, Till next time, keep Jesus on your heart, forever on your mind. God bless you guys.